0: But if you'd like, you can start in Romans chapter 12, and we're going we're gonna to start there this morning. Romans chapter 12, we're going to be in verse 13 to begin with. So again, we've been making our way through what does it look like to look like Jesus. Right, we want to f- learn from the master as as he leads us. Last week I asked you about your talents. Right, how you doing? Are you burying yours in the ground? Are you growing the things that the Lord gave you? Okay, today we're going to look at something just a little bit uh, unique, I think, but really important to what we're trying to do for the Lord, and that is to share our lives as Jesus did. Or another word, common word is hospitality. Let's look in Romans chapter twelve, verse thirteen. The word of God says this, share with God's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Share with God's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Tell me if you can relate to this quote. Some folks make you feel at home and others make you wish you were. What is hospitality? Help me out this morning. You guys, I can tell my Sunday school class was this way. You were real low key today. That's okay. And usually that Sunday school class, that's good for me. I like them low key. But give me some ideas. If you hear the word hospitality, what do you think of? What comes to your mind? Hospitality, Welcome. welcoming, okay, friendly, home. Do you think of any like? Do you think of something at your grandma's or something at your mom's house? Or okay, being together, sharing, good. Food, believe it or not, that's one of the points of the message today is food. You came to the right Sunday, right? When do you go to church and they tell you to eat more? Well, I think we say that a lot, don't we? <laughs> All right, anybody else? Hospitality, what do you think of? Or who do you think of? Friends, friendships, okay. Church, yeah, I, would, I was getting ready to brag even on you guys. When we did our last quarterly association meeting here, they were blown away by your hospitality. And that was a great feeling as someone who was leading this group of people for them, all these other leaders to feel like, boy, these guys really wanted to take care of us. So good. All right. Well, today what we're going to do is I want you to see this, and this really fits with our Sunday school message this morning. We were looking at different ways to share the gospel. And one of the key ways to... Sharing the gospel is to be hospitable or to be intentional in your hospitality. Now, you got to be careful this morning. I'm not in any way advocating for you to be fake or unauthentic in the way you live out your faith, okay? But we've been in a bubble for over a year, and the bubble is finally starting to break, right? Michael said we're going to have a mask-burning party at his house soon, right? (laughs) If you haven't already had a few of those, all right? Um, but as this bubble begins to break and things are starting to pop up in different places, we need to engage people because there's people still hurting and looking for hope and they don't know where to get it. And you've got it. Okay. So hospitality is a key part of making that happen. So let's look at some different passages today. Um, and hopefully things that will help you think about, am I practicing hospitality as the Lord would have me to do? If you'd like, you can turn to First Peter chapter 4. I think it's interesting in the scriptures that hospitality is laid out in different places very specifically. So it is not something that's just kind of understood, but it is a command. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9. Peter writes to the church, he says, Offer hospitality to one another. Does it stop there? Without what? grumbling do you offer hospitality with grumbling my hospitality usually comes with grumbling right oh boy i had them over my house and you should have seen what happened to the they did take their shoes off the carpet was a mess when they ate they ate like pigs and everything was everywhere oh boy. And they stayed so late what'd you say oh you say that um hospitality without grumbling. I want you to think about that this morning. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So I want you to think about this this morning. Hospitality is an attitude. It's not just an action. It's a way that you approach people. And again, I hope you don't hear me say this 10 times a day, but you might. The people that I've been around when I've been around the My friends from India, their level, their culture, their level of hospitality is just through the roof, right? I mean, everywhere that we went, they gave us the lays and put on. And everywhere they had food, they tried to accommodate us however they could. Um, They really made us feel at home. But it's a mindset that they had that really made a difference. It is the desire to look beyond ourselves to the needs of others. And, of course, it's the second part of the greatest commandment, right? What is the second part of the greatest commandment? Love your neighbor, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Good. All right, look at this here with me from um, Holman and Pratt this morning. Think about this in relation to pandemic, okay? Fear is a thief. It will steal our peace of mind, and that's a lot to lose. But it also hijacks relationships It keeps us sealed up in our plastic world with a fragile sense of security. Being a people who fear the stranger, we have drained the life juices out of hospitality. This is pre-pandemic quote, by the way. (laughs) What do you think? Isn't that true, right? Fear drains hospitality. Uh, The hospitality we explore here is not the same kind you'll learn about from Martha Stewart, but this Uh, Benedictine hospitality is not about sipping tea and having bland talk uh, with people next door. It is a lively, courageous, and convivial or living way that challenges our compulsion either to turn away or to turn inward and to disconnect ourselves from others. Anybody want to disconnect? Let's be honest. I'm just looking at the faces in this room and I'm like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I know you guys. you're having some stress, a lot of times, what do you want to do? Let me in my bubble. You leave me alone. Don't talk to me. I need some me time so that I can not (laughs) make a mess with somebody else, right? Does anybody do the opposite? Your preacher is actually probably one of those people that I thrive off of other people. I am not an extrovert in the sense that I got to go and talk and tell people everything and really be super social, but I love conversation and that's what I feed off of. So if I have friends, when I'm really stressed, I actually would seek out rather than just hunker down. But a lot of people are the other way, right? Now, because of what we've been through, do you think there are more people that have kind of decided that, ooh, I really like this little bubble? Anybody just bold enough to say, yeah, I kind of like the bubble, (laughs) right? Because the bubble meant that you didn't have to go to where the large gathering was, right? Whenever your spouse or your friend said, hey, let's go do this. And you're like, oh, social situation. I hate social situations. I'd rather just stay home. Right? Hospitality pushes against that. Hospitality says you need to interact. You need to engage. You need to invite people into your life. And a lot of us, that's not necessarily our thing, And yet here, what I'm trying to challenge you with this morning is that there was a command in Peter, he said, offer hospitality. Offer it without grumbling. We saw in Romans already, practice hospitality. It didn't say, if you're an extrovert, practice hospitality. Did it? It said, do it. It said, it didn't say, if your spiritual gift is hospitality, practice it. (laughs) No, no, it said, do it. And so I want to challenge you this morning, and I'm going to give you different ways. And and you're going to let the Holy Spirit lead in how you do it, but definitely we need to be practicing hospitality. Unfortunately, our modern world seems to be forsaking somewhat the idea of hospitality. We are more about protection. You guys about protection? Um, We are about locking down, gating up, blocking off so that we might be protected, Right? Have you got an opportunity to shake hands with anybody lately? I have to tell you, that is one of the best feelings to me is to do that again. It's such a silly little thing, right? But to have that touch, if it was up to all of our health professionals who are trying to protect us and try to care for us, I think we'd all just have bubbles all the time. (laughs) That's their job. They're trying to save us from things, right? I get that. But we need that human touch. We need that interaction, right? We need to invite people into our lives. Um, Many of us have locked ourselves into our safe little lives, right? We sit inside our little warm, comfortable house, watching our latest whatever app is out there or TV or TV channels or reading our own personal news, listening to our own personalized playlist, watching our own, playing our own video games. (laughs) See if they're paying attention. Why do people have especially now that we have these phones, we see that everybody can have their own way, right? But what happens? You guys have all seen it, right? What happens? I guarantee you that on Sunday evening, my brother Tyler and Madden and Millie and Kelly and Isaiah and Brookie might be there too. I don't know, Wendy, my own dad. There's a time, sometimes when we're all together in the evenings, you can look around And you'll see 10 phones out because we like the personalization. We like to have our own little thing, right? Is is that going to help us practice hospitality? And some people say, well, you can do this stuff online." Well, you can, but the connection is a lot greater when you are engaging someone face-to-face, okay? Let me ask you a few things to think about. When's the last time you went next door to your neighbor to borrow something? The couple weeks ago, your preacher was out trying to, my one neighbor, my tree is like starting to go over on his, he has like this manicured lawn. I mean, it looks amazing and it's always tight and neat, you know, and I'm always like, oh no, there goes my stuff on his lawn. I mean, I I don't even like walking on his lawn when I had to mow around the tree. Like I almost tried it, you know, like this guy's like, okay, finally, I'm going to have to cut this tree. So I go and I have like this Lowe's hatchet. That's about my only cutting tool that's actually functioning right now. I get my Lowe's hatchet, and I'm cutting off the branches, and I cut off this first one, and the other neighbor comes out, and he's like, hey, would you like some shears? You know, like actual tree-cutting shears. I'm like, oh, no, I'm all right. You know, I'm just processing. (laughs) He's trying to be nice, you know. And then then he looks, he's like, are you sure? (laughs) He's being really good to me. I'm like, okay. A simple act like that, what did that do? That made an interaction. Because now he came over to me and I got to meet him. And then when I'm done, I have to go back and take it to him. And there's some interaction there. right? When's the last time you borrowed some sugar from a neighbor? My grandparents talk about that all the time. Or borrow flour or borrow some sort of kitchen tool or some sort of yard tool. A lot of us, we don't like people touching our tools. Amen? Brother Rick, can I get amen there? Uh, Isaiah can testify to how I have a hard time with him touching my tools. They always don't end up in the same place whenever he touches them, right? My dad would say the same thing about me, okay? Are you guys, I'm trying to keep this a little light today, but I really want you to think about engaging the people around you because we are in such a culture and a context right now where everybody has separated and the church needs to step back into other people's lives. Because what can happen when you start to share a tool and you share cookies and you share brownies and you share some sugar and you share some flour? The next thing you're having conversations and you're getting to talk about people's lives and know about their kids and know about their parents and know about what's really frustrating them and what's encouraging to them. And then you have opportunity to talk about Jesus. Okay. That's why hospitality is so important. If we are going to live the missionary life, we've got to start by inviting people into our lives. You think creatively this morning. I've mentioned a few things already, but what about mowing somebody else's yard? What about paying for the next person's tab in line? We've got to get beyond ourselves and start loving our neighbor the way that God loves them. we got to, again, it goes back to the same thing. We have to see Jesus in everyone we meet, right? It's the same truth. All right, very simply this morning, three ways that the early church practiced hospitality and what we can learn from them. Number one, the fun one, share a what? Share a meal. You, you guys think the preacher is crazy here, but I still think this is the way to all kinds of reconciliation is to go eat with people that are different than you. Sit down and eat with them. We eat like, when you get online, oh man, the vitriol and the hatred for other people online because of that anonymity that sits there is just so outrageous. But all of a sudden, you sit around a table, and you're talking, and you're eating together with people. It, it really lowers the temperature, and it helps conversation to ha- happen. Okay, first thing this morning, shared meals were definitely a significant setting for struggling with cultural boundaries in the early church. When you're talking about trying to bring Gentiles and Jews together, guess what? Meals were a big part of helping that to happen. At meals together, the tensions surface between the rich and the poor believers. We saw that we talk about the Lord's Supper. Every time we get the Lord's Supper here at our church, we mentioned that same truth because you had a group of people that they didn't have much. And so they, when it came time for communion, like we think of communion, they were having a meal where they were all in their own little corner and they had almost nothing while the rich were feasting on their big meal. And Paul says, this shouldn't be. You need to eat before you come together and celebrate the Lord's Supper together we need to make sure that as we're sharing meals it reminds us who has and who may not have as much meals provided context for instructions on respect and recognition hospitality hospitality practices in the christian community were to portray a clear message that of transformed relations and a common life think about that for a second right in christ there is no jew or gentile right There is no slave or free. There is no male or female. Hear me out this morning. We're not talking about gender identity. Okay, We're talking about in Christ, we are equal. The richest person in Carmel, the most highest paid athlete, down to the poorest person on Market Street, if they know Jesus, they're equal. Doesn't matter if they're slave or free, man or woman, Jew or Gentile, whatever category you want to put people in. The cross levels all that. And true hospitality acknowledges that. Right? Again, I'm challenging you this, this week. I want one of the things I'm going to challenge you with is to think about sharing or to actually practice to, to share a meal with someone who is different than you. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, just a reminder biblically that this is important. This is not just penology. Look at what the Scripture says. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, Paul says, I have written you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to what? You would have to leave this world. But now I'm writing you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, but is immoral or greedy or an idolater or a slanderer, a drunkard or a swindler. With such a man, do not even eat. (laughs) Paul says, verse 12, What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Look at the connection with eating. Wednesday night, where were we at? John the Baptist, right? And here was a righteous, holy man, but the people said, oh, he's got a demon. And what did they say about Jesus? Do you remember? He was a drunkard and a glutton, right? But what we saw at the end was Jesus said, but wisdom is proved right by her actions. What's that tell us about Jesus? Who was he eating with? Was he eating just with his own group, just the 12? Who are you eating with? You guys know I love to eat with any of you anytime, right? But what we need to figure out is who do we need to be fellowshipping with that doesn't know the gospel. And one way to do that is to practice hospitality and to be with people who are different than us. All right. Part of eating, and what I wanted to kind of emphasize, this is a little bit of a sub point under this idea of sharing a meal, is to listen, and that's what makes sharing a meal so important, that we listen, and that is an act of hospitality. The most gracious attempts we can muster are meaningless if we do not hear the stranger. Listening is the core meaning of hospitality. It is something we can give anyone and everyone, including ourselves, and it only takes a few minutes to really listen. Are you a listener or are you a teller? Like if Rick's trying to tell me something, sometimes in my head, I'm already thinking, what am I going to tell him back? And I'm not hearing what he's saying because I'm already trying to work through, oh, I need to say, this is what I think. Rick's probably like, eyes here, Travis, eyes here. <laughs> right? Are you a good listener? This is a good quote here, uh, Benedict's Way of Love. A young man who worked all during his high school years bagging groceries said the vast majority of people who went through his line never looked at him when he asked paper or plastic. He said people did not meet his eyes, smile at him, or acknowledge him in any way. What a tiny thing to look up and look into the eyes of a young person and to smile. Hospitality. Right? I'm challenging you this week. Where are you gonna run into someone that you normally do and you normally run through and you don't even know they're there to acknowledge them? I know some people probably at work think I'm a little ridiculous, but every time I meet somebody for the first time at work, I try to say hello. Oh, there goes that guy again. Sometimes I probably say it two more than once. (laughs) But I'm trying to engage them if I might just to get to know them just a little bit that at some time I might have an opportunity to share Jesus with them. I'm challenging you guys to do the same this morning. All right, share a meal. Second thing this morning share with a missionary or a Christian worker, if you will. The gospel initially spread through the ministry of believers who traveled widely and depended on the hospitality of others. Hospitality to those first missionaries and the reception of their message were closely connected hospitality was the practice within which early christians met the needs of traveling missionaries and leaders and even religious exiles and the local poor hospitality towards other believers helps the cause of the name it helps the name of jesus okay let's look in john here briefly third john look in third john there's only one chapter there so there's no chapter reference verse five look what john writes to the church he says dear friend You are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers, even though they are what? Strangers to you. Huh. They have told the church about your love. You do well. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. Whoa. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought therefore to show hospitality to such men so that we may work together for the truth. You see the importance of us to care for Christian workers. You guys, and we've seen this firsthand in many with many different people, but again, Sindhu and many. They don't live in a fancy mansion, right? They don't drive a fancy car. That does help them in the way that they're able to assimilate with the poor really well. They're highly educated, but they don't have a lot. When I see what those guys can do and those ladies can do with little, I mean, they take little and it just blows up for them. Like they expand it and they do so many great things. They just need a little bit. And we need to practice hospitality towards them in prayer and in giving. But even here, you guys are gonna have opportunity, even in this coming year, we'll have opportunity for you to show hospitality to different people. Emily Petty, that came through, right? Here's this young girl, (laughs) Uh, she's got serious back issues, and yet the Lord has been delivering her through that. She wants to get to Japan so she can tell people about Jesus, and she needs some people to help practice hospitality in her life. Uh, If you guys aren't following um, Jason and Sarah, they came and met with us, Um, Jason Brown. It's called the Manhattan Project, and all Jason is trying to do is to do what we're talking about here, is to love the people in his life. He drives like Uber, that's his It's a side hustle that he does to take care of his family. But you'll see them almost every week. They're meeting with different people to simply try to share the love of Christ. We need to make sure that we're helping people that are taking those risks for the Lord. It is good for us to do more with less. And here, our hope is that we could invite people into our home, especially Christian brothers and sisters who need assistance as they are doing the work of the Lord. one old proverb says this, if there's a room if there's room in the heart, there's room in the house. Right? Is your house open to people in need? I don't know, preacher. I don't know if I can handle anybody else in my space. What if they drink all the orange juice? Right? What if they don't put the towels up the right way? Right? It's hard. Again, we live in a very individualized context, don't we? Think about all the space that most of us have for two, three, or four people. I'm challenging you today. If the Lord makes an opportunity this week for you to meet a need, I want you to think about that and be in prayer about that. Again, we should welcome others into our lives, especially Christian workers. And again, this is thoroughly biblical. We talked about this on Wednesday night, uh, just two Wednesday nights ago about Jesus sending out the disciples. And he said, you don't take anything with you. When you get to the town, there'll be people there to care for you, right? We need to be those people. Okay, share a meal, share with Christian missionaries. Last one this morning, share in worship. Again, the early church regularly met for worship in the households of believers. And in such a location, hospitality was a natural and necessary practice. So how would you like to have us all show up at your house every Sunday and Wednesday? Anybody want to do that? We could save a lot of money. I like to see, yeah. Melissa says she's good. You're okay with dog hair. How about the parking in the neighborhood? Anybody's HOA be okay with all that? Right? Think about these things, right? Again, our context is so different, but if you can imagine inviting people into your house weekly or more than that in order to encourage each other. Well, the people that are doing that are practicing hospitality, right? I guarantee you, Cynthia and Esther would have us every Sunday. That's the kind of crazy people they are, (laughs) right? And again, where I talked to David and Jacob about this morning, they had, um, ID has 300 house churches in his church planning network. And these are believers that are just meeting and they might meet on Tuesdays or they might meet on Thursdays, they might meet on Saturdays and they just all show up at this one person's house. And they share food together, and they share space together. And somebody's got to clean all that up and prepare all that. And they are practicing hospitality as they worship the Lord together. And again, lest you think this is just my idea. Romans chapter 16, and then verse 23. Paul writes, he says in Romans, Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, send you his greetings. (laughs) Right? Gaius is inviting people into his home that the church could meet. Uh, in his space, it was amazing to see the respect for one of the elder men there um, outside of Kampur that he was offering his. He had a bigger house with a bigger yard, and he was offering that that the church could meet there every week uh, Christine, excuse me Christine Pohl says this for the early church, then hospitality both participated in and anticipated god 's hospitality. Christians offered hospitality in grateful response to god 's generosity as an expression of welcome to Christ, who for your sake was a stranger. For them, hospitality was connected to the promises of God and to the presence of Jesus. It condensed attention to spiritual, social, and physical dimensions of life into one potent practice, which was fitting conduct within the household of God. Have you ever got to worship in anybody's house? Something I really miss, and we ought to see about reviving this from time to time. We had this thing when I was a kid called cottage prayer meeting. Did anybody else ever heard of a cottage prayer meeting? So what would happen is we would have a spring revival and a fall revival. And we'd usually have somebody come in. They'd come in on a Sunday, and they'd stay through Friday. And in preparation for these revival meetings, the church would actually have prayer meetings together in people's homes. And so we would go to Ivan and Nila's house. We would go to Fred and Barb's house. We would go to different people of the church. We would go to their home, and we would pray, asking God to show up in our revival meeting that was coming in a couple weeks. We were seeking God's presence, but we were doing it in people's homes. And those experiences helped shape my childhood and helped form me and pattern me to what it looked like to love God. I think some of you in here would not be objected to all of that, right? And maybe that's something that the Lord leads you. Maybe you invite us to your house, not just to have a meal, but to worship at your house. Maybe you have a real special prayer need sometime that you would like for the church to come and pray. You could invite the church to your house and say, I want you to come and let's fellowship together, spend some time together, and let's beg the Lord together for God to do this activity. All right. Again, I want you to think creatively as it comes to hospitality, But it makes such a difference. Uh, Brother Jeremiah has this quote. I thought this was pretty good. He says, we always treat guests as angels just in case. Because Hebrews says you might be having angels unaware. Amen. Uh, Do you ever find moments to worship God together outside of this place? So Melissa and I, we were talking this morning. She may not want me to share this, but I'm going to share it anyway. She says she was in here uh, vacuuming and she was doing a little bit of vacuuming dancing. You guys ever do that I do that I was out there mowing I had my Shane and Shane and my big old headphones people make fun of me with my big Bose headphones I wear I'm mowing and because it's so loud the, the, the weed eater is I'm singing Shane and Shane as loud as I can like I hope the people in the streets can hear me shouting because I just love the Lord and I love singing and to be honest with you we're going out there and I almost start I start crying because I'm thinking about some of the, the things that some of you guys are going through And at the end of that night, uh, Michael was there. He was taking care of his push mowing, and Rick was doing the big grasshopper. And I got my brothers around me, and in a moment of worship and in praise and in prayer, we gathered together and just prayed for one another. And those are some of the best friendships you can have, right? And that's worship outside of this space. And what I'm challenging you to do is to offer yourselves in hospitality to other people that you could worship God outside of the space, okay? Share a meal, share with the missionary, and here share in worship. Where can you find a way to invite other people into worship? Again, in this morning, hospitality isn't about being rich and generous. It's just about being generous, period. You can be the most hospitable person and not have a thing. It's a generosity of your heart. All right, as we close this morning, I've got one final quote, and then I've got the four things I want to challenge you with. Um, David or Jacob, you guys, can you come up here and help me? Here, we better split these up. You guys won't like it if some get color and some get black and white, right? Here, you can give out those others. Let me know if you need more. This quote up here on the screen, um, it's coming up on the screen, is from Chrysostom. He's an early church father. And again, this stuff is, it applies throughout time. He says, if you have a hospitable disposition, you own the entire treasure chest of hospitality, even if you possess only a single coin. But if you are a hater of humanity and a hater of strangers, even if you are vested with every material possession, the house for you is cramped by the presence of guests. Practice hospitality without grumbling, right? Okay, share a meal, share with a missionary, share in worship. Here's what your challenge is this week. First thing, invite someone over to your home. Oh, preacher, you haven't been in my home. Well, let me tell you without trying to embarrass my family too much, our home right now um, is filled with the smell of new puppy and all that they do. Our carpet is a wreck. We did get a dishwasher yesterday, so hopefully the dishes will be a little bit cleaner. Praise the Lord. But it's a mess. If you come into our house, you're coming into the mess. But hopefully you're also coming into the love of someone that loves you as a person. So don't give me the excuse, well, you haven't seen my house. Okay? You may be the hoarder of all hoarders, or you may be someone who has all the laundry in a pile on the chair. Wait a minute. That's my house again. If, if you, you may have all this mess. It's okay. If your heart is generous and it's full of love, don't worry about the haters and the judgment people because there's people that need love. They're going to love it when you invite them into your life. All right. So one of the four, or you can do more than one, but that's the one I want to challenge you with first today. Invite somebody over to your house. Okay. Second thing to think about, this one, and this is a challenging one. This can remind me of the little boy, again, that was doing the shopping bags. Listen to someone who is hurting. You guys have incredible stories, and some of you have been through so much. I know, and some of you are going through so much right now, and you need to be able to share your stories too. But the challenge this week is to look for somebody that, like that young man that nobody ever looked in the eye, look him in the eye. And just say something as simple as this. Well, tell me your story. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what your biggest struggle is right now. What are you most afraid of? And then listen. Don't think about how your response is or how you're going to say all this. Just hear them and let them know that you love them by hearing them. All right, so that's a way to practice hospitality this week. Listen to someone who hasn't been treated like a real human being in quite some time. Third one, share a meal with somebody you don't know very well. So maybe it's that coworker that drives you insane. No, but none of us have that, right? I need to edit that out of the recording, I think. Share a meal with someone that is different than you. Share a meal with a neighbor that you haven't met. Share a meal with, even share a meal with somebody at church that you've never had a meal with, right? Have you had a meal with everybody in this place? Outside of this place? Probably not, right? Some of you have been friends for years, and you haven't even gotten together in years to share a meal. All right, That's a pretty easy challenge. If you're looking for an easy one, number three. okay, <laughs> Take somebody out to dinner that you haven't been with in a long time and use that as an opportunity to get to know them. And then the last one here this morning, this is the one probably for me most of all, is get to know a new neighbor. Right. You may have those neighbors that you kind of know and that you're good, close friends with. I'm not saying just go be with them this week. I'm saying that other neighbor that maybe you don't ever talk to or that nobody can hardly seem to get out of their house. My challenge to you this week to practice hospitality is to reach out to them, get to know something about it. Maybe it is sharing the tool or maybe it is baking some cookies. Maybe it is offering them to come out for a cookout, whatever. But look for an opportunity to be hospitable them. And the whole purpose of this is not just to say, oh, you're a nice person but it's for you to be able to show that Jesus is that treasure in this jar of clay, that they would know the same hope that we have. Okay. Let's stand this morning. You guys, thank you for your attention today. Look for these opportunities this week. If you'll be in prayer, you will see, then the Lord will make it so clear. And one of these things, and probably multiple of these things will present themselves as a chance for you to be a light and, and a dark dark world. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Jesus, today, we're so thankful that uh, even though we were strangers, you took us in. And Lord, you, you came to strange places and went to the depths, the lowest places, Lord, even the death of a cross, that we might be redeemed. Lord, please, uh, in response to the love that you've shown us and the generosity that you have taught us. Lord, let us be generous in our spirit. And then Lord, let us be generous in our actions. Lord, please help us to open up all the resources that you've given us to be stewards of. And Lord, instead of always be concerned about protecting and locking and safeguarding, Lord, let us open up these things that they would be used by you to be a blessing and encouragement, that the resources would be shared to touch and encourage and to let people know of the, of the gospel. Lord, let us be generous for the sake of the gospel. Lord, this week, would you open up opportunities for us to see how we could invite someone into our home and into our lives? Lord, would you give us an opportunity where we have a chance to really listen to someone who's very stressed or very anxious, and Lord, let them be heard. Lord, would you give us an opportunity to pray and to worship with other believers outside of the church house? Or we can encourage each other in that way. And Lord, would you really help us in our own neighborhoods uh, to get to know our neighbors again, Lord, that they could see you in us. Lord, again, we pray that, uh, that these words that have been spoken would only be uh, things that would provoke and challenge and prick our hearts, that we would pursue your Holy Spirit and that your name would be praised even this week, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.